0: Welcome back to STEM Fatal, your Women in Science History podcast.
1: Yeah, I'm one of your hosts, Emma Dilemma. I'm the other one, Emlyn Gremlin. (laughs) Let's see, it's mid-March, the Ides of March. (laughs) Is that what that means? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I actually don't know. I don't remember. It's sometime in March. St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. Oh, my parents'
0: anniversary. They got married on St. Patrick's Day, just so they'd remember That's how forgetful they are. All right. Well, let's dive in. We're going to talk about a woman in a subject that we really haven't covered that much so far. Okay. One is skirting the edges of STEM. What? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more confused than ever. All right. (laughs)
1: So I'm gonna.
0: I here's my question to you. Okay. Do you know who the Lady of the Lamp is?
1: The Lady of the Lamp Florence Nightingale. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you did it. I can't believe that.
0: Do you want to know what the harder question was that yeah, I yeah. asking you? Who were the players in the Crimean War?
1: Oh god. <laughs> Thank god I don't have to answer that. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, let's move on. I don't.
0: I didn't research enough about the Crimean War to say really much about it. Okay, that's fine with me.
1: You brought it up. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I take it back. Okay, let's just jump in. Florence Nightingale. What do yeah. you know about her? She was a nurse, yeah. right? And she is kind of known as a as a nurse, like the first nurse, kind of.
0: She's one of the the early nurse pioneers. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I guess. No one's the first nurse because it's just helping people not die, right? Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah, and tempting. But so I don't really know what, what that means that she was. But she changed nursing. She did. In some major way, but I can't remember how. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Florence Nightingale
0: was born on May 12, 1820 into a rich, well-connected British family in Florence, Italy. Do you get it? Oh.
1: Wait, do I get what? Do you what? get her- <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me, like, with a big smile. Do you get her name? She was Florence. Florence. She was born in
0: Florence, Italy. Okay.
1: Her parents I just named their reason- children
0: after the places they were born.
1: I was trying to connect Florence with Nightingale, Mm, mm, like the mm. city. I was like, night flooring Like I don't know. I forgot her first name is Florence for a sec. I could have been named Redwood. Yeah. (laughs) Or Redwood City. (laughs) I would have been named Durham. Durham? Durham. Nice. Yeah. What if my name is Redwood? Would you call me Woody or Red? I would call you Woody, I think. Okay. You look like a Woody to me. (laughs) cool yeah yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> all right so uh she was born in florence italy then yeah. the family moved back to england the next year and her father began educating her probably not right away because she would be one years old but in that time frame yeah. in italian latin greek philosophy Whoa. history and most unusually writing and mathematics so at the time, women were definitely not taught much in writing or mathematics. Yeah, yeah. So her father thought education for a woman was a good thing. Yeah, that's good. Then while she was a teenager, uh, she was an active philanthropist and was ministering to the ill and poor residents around her family's estate. Wow. They were pretty wealthy. Okay. It kept like naming all of these various like English estates, <laughs> and I just didn't write them down because yeah. I, I don't care. Oh, that's fine, yeah. yeah. And then by the age of 16, Florence knew her calling was nursing. She enjoyed helping yeah. people. Uh, however, her parents forbade her from pursuing nursing because oh. during the Victorian era, uh, a woman of her social stature was expected to marry a man of means. Ooh. Uh, not take up a job,
1: which oh, was considered
0: low menial labor. Wow. Uh, and actually, due to the unsanitary conditions of hospitals during this time... Nurses were considered one of the lowliest positions you could get, uh, uh, just above prostitution.
1: Oh, so you get prostitution what? and then nurses. <laughs> Which should be the highest careers. <laughs> like, those are two of the most important yeah. things in life. Two things we can't Sex live without. And not dying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Wait, I guess it's because as a nurse, you would probably also get sick a lot. Is that yeah, why it was... Yeah,
0: the, I mean, I think one of them is... Things were so unsanitary that there was a high chance that you were also going to get sick. Right, yeah. Because you didn't understand how people were getting sick.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And then the other thing was it was probably just very, very disgusting. And so Ugh, nobody wanted yeah. to do that. And we didn't understand how to really treat people. So it was a lot of just like kind of watching people
1: die. Oh, man. That's kind of your job. sounds rough. Yeah. Probably bandaging wounds. <laughs> What it, else would it be? Icing foreheads. I don't even know.
0: Yeah, I guess. Water. Maybe. If you're good. Yeah. If you're a good hospital. Hospital? Yeah. So, oh, oh, okay, this is crazy. So, apparently, many nurses at the time actually were once prostitutes. What? Because there were some laws, such as the law in New York C- There was a New York City policy, for example, that offered convicted prostitutes the option of either jail time or nursing work. That's how well-respected nursing was. <laughs>
1: That's crazy. Like, they're keeping you alive. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Or, But I don't think they really were, because oh, nursing was not I very see. good. That's weird. So you were,
0: you were just kind of, like, dabbing at them and watching them die.
1: Changing their sheets, I guess. Maybe. Yeah.
0: If you were a really good nurse. Yeah. Huh. Yeah.
1: So at 17,
0: she... Even turned down a marriage proposal by an eligible man of means because she wanted to stay on the nursing track. Dang. Um, And this guy was named Richard uh, Milnes, who she said stimulated her mentally and romantically. But that her, quote, moral active nature requires satisfaction, and that would not find it in this life. Oh, my gosh. So, there's a lot That's to... That's really
1: funny.
0: <laughs> it stimulates her romantically. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that means. <laughs> um, okay, so I looked up this man. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah. And he's very interesting himself.
1: Oh, well, he, he is a man of means. He is a man of means. Yeah.
0: Uh, he was also an English poet, patron of literature, uh, and he was a politician. Mm. And apparently, he had an almost unsurpassed collection of erotic literature, Oh my God. that he then gave to like the British Library or something. Uh, uh, and okay. he may have been the author unsurpassed. Unsurpassed. <laughs> he may have been the author of The Rhodiad, which was a pornographic uh, poem on the subject of flagellation.
1: Okay, so that's okay. <laughs> Prostitution, not okay. not okay. Nursing not okay. Mm-hmm. But this guy is a man of means. Uh Not until he he died did they
0: realize all of these things Ah, about him. okay, okay.
1: Well, yeah, he was probably...
0: I don't think he was going around being like, I have an unsurpassed collection of erotic (laughs) literature,
1: please marry me. Well, Eh? (laughs) (laughs) that might be where that romantic stimulation
0: came from. Such good literature, yes. (laughs) Um, Um,
1: What a different time.
0: (laughs) Okay, so then uh, in 19- 1838, at the age of 18, her father took the family on a tour of Europe where Florence was introduced to a Parisian hostess, oh. Mary Clark, uh, who did not care about her appearance, considered upper-class British women to be inconsequential, nice. and enjoyed spending time with male intellectuals more than female company. So she was kind of
1: an... Uh, you know? not a girl's girl. Yeah, not a girl's yeah. girl. Eh.
0: Um, and she said, so Mary Clark said that if given a choice between being a woman or a galley slave, she would have chosen the freedom of the galleys. Oh! So, <laughs> she was not what? really big into women or what roles they were able to have. Oh, I see. She thought it was very constraining to be a yeah, woman. Yeah, I could see that. Um, she did, however, enjoy the company of the young Florence... Huh. And they became great friends despite a 27-year age difference. Yeah. Um, and Mary Clark taught Florence that women could be equals to men. And so it was kind of very different than the role models of her sister
1: yeah. and her mom. Who fit into those roles. Exactly. That, yeah.
0: yeah. And Florence would follow in Mary Clark's footsteps in her opinion of women. Florence believed that women craved sympathy, were not yeah. as capable as men, and preferred the fr- and she preferred the friendship of men as well. She also referred to herself in a masculine way, so just calling herself a man of action.
1: Just interesting. Yeah, it was, I guess, that's not really feminist. (laughs) It's not very, yeah, it's... I understand, like, wanting to rebel Mm -hmm. against the roles that you've had to play in a society. Yeah. But it's like, don't go against women, go against... The constraints of... Yeah, society.
0: So, um... Despite her family's opposition to her working as a nurse, Florence announced her decision.
1: Yeah. That's not going to
0: come good as audio. <laughs> <laughs> announced her decision to end. i not even going to say uh, what it... <laughs> it's just, just weird slapping noise. Yeah. Uh, Florence announced her decision to enter the field of nursing in 1944... 1844, (laughs) at the age of 24. Okay. And she enrolled as a nursing student at the Lutheran Hospital of Kaiserwerth, Germany. Oh. Uh, And during this time, her father had given her a 500-pound annual income, which is approximately (gasps) $65,000 today
1: oh okay so (laughs) allowing her to
0: comfortably pursue her career so although Uh, they forbade it he then supported her when she was like no i'm gonna do this
1: yeah well if he hadn't you know things (laughs) might not have changed as fast or something so So, yeah yeah. but yeah that's a lot of money that's a lot of money (laughs)
0: Uh, and with this $65,000, <laughs> uh, she traveled greatly during this time, getting educated in nursing. In 1847, she was in Rome and met the Secretary of War, Sidney Herbert, who became her lifelong friend and was instrumental in facilitating her nursing work during the Crimean War, which is kind of the uh, next stage okay. in her life.
1: Uh,
0: in, 19- in 1850, she visited a Lutheran religious community in Germany where she observed the pastor and deaconesses helping the sick. And she also received four months of medical training there. And she anonymously wrote about her finding and experience in her first published work in 1851.
1: Oh, wow.
0: She had a lot of published works. Oh, that's good. You will learn.
1: You will learn. Published, um, just self-published or? I... Were there journals or just books or? All of the above. Okay, okay, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, and I don't think they were self-published. Yeah, I'm not positive.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, she probably doesn't have a printing press. <laughs> what? I mean, maybe. Yeah, she maybe. Could probably afford it. So then, in
0: August 1853, she returned to London from all her traveling and learning about nursing uh, in the 18 18- and took a nursing job in Middlesex Hospital for ailing governesses. Oh, it's very so, specific. Yeah. Like you, have, I think you have to be wealthy enough. Is that it's like a high? When,
1: when syphilis was like killing all the nobility in England, I don't know. <gasps> uh, Is nothing that not s- a thing or no? I don't know. Okay, I didn't read
0: anything about specifically syphilis. Okay, I'm sure I it guess was there. They wouldn't
1: know. Maybe they would know by the description of symptoms yeah. only. But... I guess she was so good,
0: or other nurses were so bad that she became superintendent within the year.
1: Whoa. So, or, <laughs> let's say she was so good. Okay. <laughs> Cuz like other nurses no, no. were just doing what Ner- they could, yeah, right? No, I know. Which maybe. So, wait, what made her better? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell oh, you. Oh, okay, okay. Cool.
0: Um so, during this time while she was superintendent, there was a widespread widespread cholera outbreak at her hospital and she significantly reduced the death rate at the hospital by improving hygienic practices yeah so a lot of what she's done and what she's known for is actually like caring about hygiene
1: yeah and how
0: important that is yeah before like this is the time before germ theory yeah so there was like the theory of contagion uh, where like disease could transmit by people touching mm-hmm. but they didn't understand that there was actually like microorganisms yeah
1: okay but she must have figured out that um because cholera spreads through water sources mm-hmm. right it's like fecal matter yeah. in your water yeah which sucks it's, yeah it's pretty so pretty grody she must have somehow realized like Something about contaminated water, like getting water from a cleaner source or yeah. something. I
0: don't yeah, know. I couldn't find more. I mean, there's so many documents about her. Yeah. So it's hard. I'm just like brushing the surface.
1: And some of them are almost... She's also like been used in a lot of stories mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So in
0: October of 1853, the Crimean War broke out. Yeah. Yeah. And this right, was a that war between. War we know a lot about. Exactly, the war we know so much about. <laughs> the British Empire went to war against the Russian Empire for control of the Ottoman Empire. So the two oh. players were British Empire, Russian Empire. Huh. So the Crimean War was Florence's central focus as she learned about the horrific conditions of the wounded soldier- soldiers there. Ah. It's going to be some fun description yeah. I'm going to give you. Oh my gosh! So on October 1854. Uh, She, kind of based on being friends with the Secretary of War, Sidney Herbert, who she had met before, uh, she traveled across the Black Sea with a staff of 38 women volunteers who she had trained Mm -hmm. and also 15 Catholic nuns to the Ottoman Empire to try to help the terrible kind of hospital conditions. Yeah. So they arrived to Scutari Hospital in November... 1854, uh, which is modern-day Istanbul. Yeah. Uh, There she found the medical staff overworked and undersupplied, with the result that hygiene had been neglected and infections were extremely common. Mm. Uh, When she got there, she saw patients lying in their own excrement, (gasps) on stretchers in the hallway, infested with lice and bugs, with rodents and insects everywhere, and bandages and soap scarce. Additionally, the hospital itself sat upon a large cesspool. (gasps) Like, literally. What? So they had very, very bad drainage. Oh. No ventilation. And it was just, like, a hospital on top of, like.
1: Yeah, like, all. A pool of shit, literally. uh, And probably, like, blood and throw Mm -hmm, up. mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, yep. That's gross. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And soldiers
0: and some accounts were not really sent to Scutari to be healed so much as to just die so also they were yeah. shipping them but like, like they had to go oh, on a boat to true. get to Scutari from where the war was happening so they also like had a period of time on a boat before they got to the hospital
1: so it's sort of like separated from society a little bit or not i don't. i didn't
0: figure out where like the geography i think it was in a relatively populated place but probably they weren't allowed to leave and also the people that they were bringing here were people with fevers mostly versus like just injured in the war because they knew how to deal with like amputations and stuff like that they didn't know really how to deal with fever, like high fevers. They didn't know what was causing it. They didn't really know. A lot of it was, well, if you have a high fever, you're either going to live or you're going to die. And like, we can't do very much about that. Oof. Yeah. So uh, once she got there, uh, she got straight to work. She and her nurses washed and bathed the soldiers, laundered their linens, gave them clean beds to lie in, fed them. And then while working and lobbying to improve, the overall hygiene of the wards. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, she helped establish a rational system for receiving and triaging injured soldiers. Wow. Uh as the wounded soldiers dis- disembarked, they were stripped of their blood and awful awful. I don't know what that means. Gonna say shit. Yeah. I shit soaked uniforms. And their wounds were cleaned to prevent cross-contamination between soldiers. She insisted on fresh, clean cloth for each soldier. Wow. Uh, rather than the same cloth for multiple patients. She set up huge boilers to destroy lice. Wow.
1: Um,
0: she shamed hospital orderlies <laughs> into removing buckets of human waste uh, to clean up the raw sewage that was just in the wards.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And she convinced them to unplug latrine pipes. I don't know why they were plugged. That seems bad.
1: Huh. I mean, maybe they maybe were they just Didn't know how to unplug them, or didn't have the means, or something. Yeah,
0: and at her behest, new windows capable of opening were installed in <sighs> to air out the wards.
1: So there was no
0: ventilation.
1: <gasps> I would rather die uh-huh. than just sit, like sit there dying. And there's also dead people, like decomposing. Oh, so no. there's the smell
0: of like there's like some indications there's like bugs already starting to like digest. Yeah like, dead flesh on he- living people
1: in those wards. Yeah, I've heard that happening. <sighs> so. I read a lot of things that were not great. <laughs> I wonder if it was just, like, the nurses were probably just like, I can't, I don't know how to help them. I'm just going to leave them yeah. in well, here. Yeah, well, I'll get to that a little bit. That's so crazy to me. Um.
0: So, however, after all of these efforts, the death rate continued to rise. Yeah. Huh. Uh, And during her first winter there, over 4,000 soldiers died in Scutari. Wow. um, More than any other hospital in the region.
1: Oof.
0: And 10 times more soldiers died from other illnesses than from battle wounds. Huh. So they were dying of typhus, typhoid, cholera, dysentery, and like, um, uh, what's the one you get when you don't eat lemons? uh gingivitis (laughs) the one scurvy oh scurvy (laughs) they were dying of gingivitis you know yeah um and lots of this could have been because of the poor ventilation and defective sewers or the fact that they were living like over a cesspool
1: yeah um and just like illnesses mm -hmm. can still spread like once they're in someone they Mm -hmm. can still spread Uh, Luckily, the Sanitary Commission was sent
0: out and fixed these problems, leading to a decrease in the death rate by, like, two-thirds after that. Wow. Altogether, Florence is credited for having decreased the death rate in Scutari. However, there was a bunch of, like, documentaries and articles in, like, the early noughts. Is that Uh what it's called? Yeah. That were critical of Florence's work during the Crimean War, saying that she had, like, a lack of knowledge of the disastrous sanitary conditions in Scutari Huh. that had caused the high death rates so they were saying it was infrastructure things that she didn't realize so she like oh. was doing all this stuff for hygiene but the fact that they didn't have a good septic system and stuff like that yeah
1: where they're probably like their water had been contaminated mm-hmm. long ago and they yeah. probably
0: couldn't solve that
1: easily yeah
0: so so it's kind of highly contentious because these are things like recently they brought up that are trying to like make her yeah. seem like not as much of a heroine. And then there's other people who are like, it's deeply contested. There's a bunch of like weird, deeply contested Antides, things about it's
1: night and guilt Yeah. People. It's like yeah. kind of bizarre. But yeah. So eh. yeah. I mean, I would still rather be sick in a hygienic environment yeah. than whatever they were in. And or. they, and under her
0: guidance, they did then clear up the septic stuff. Yeah. It just didn't happen right away. Yeah. But Okay, so yeah, this isn't the only contentious issue with regards to Florence Nightingale. Um, Recent work has also brought to light the importance of another nurse during the Crimean War, Mary Seacole.
1: Okay, it sounds familiar, but I don't know. I'm not sure.
0: So she was a Jamaican British nurse who paid her own way to help soldiers in Crimea. Wow. And Florence Nightingale refused to work with Mary Seacole, stating anyone who employs Miss Seacole Will introduce much kindness, but also much drunkenness and improper conduct. Oh my God! So, and recently, uh, Mary Seacole's contributions to the Crimean War have been lauded, and there seems to be some contention between like Mary Seacole supporters and Florence Nightingale supporters, and like they are gonna make a, they were gonna make a uh, Mary Seacole. Statue at one of the hospitals, and people were upset because it might be slightly bigger than the Florence Nightingale. It's like, why can't we have two awesome, important nurses just to be honored? They
1: didn't personally get along. They didn't personally get along. They didn't both contribute. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so like it was. There were so many articles. I was like, I can't deal with this. That's. I will mention the like. So there's. Yeah. People on side Mary Seacole and people on. Side, Florence, mm-hmm. Nightingale. I don't know why we're not just on side, keep soldiers alive.
1: Yeah. Like, minimize death.
0: Anyways, but apparently they had very different personalities. Mary Seacole was like pretty chill and laid back.
1: I don't and understand Florence was not. who was making it their identity to be on one side or the other. I don't other. know. I don't know. It's like, I understand if you're a historian and you're researching, you're like, hey, nobody's heard about this person who also contributed mm-hmm. a lot but it shouldn't take away from no, someone exactly. else's yeah i don't know it's very bizarre all
0: right now kind of back to the Crimean war these are all the controversies now we're back so florence made many long-term contributions to the field of nursing especially through her work in crimea so according to one article i read uh, they said that quote many of her of our current healthcare practices such as isolation of patients With antibiotic-resistant pathogens, avoidance of Mm -hmm. cross-contamination, routine cleansing of all patient areas, aseptic preparation of foods, ventilation of wards, disposal of human and medical wastes, trace their origins and practices, back to Nightingale at Scutari. Okay. So, yeah, she was one of the first people who really was a nurse that
1: uh,
0: made practices for, like, hygiene and cleanliness. Uh, even before germ theory. Yeah. Additionally, she was one of the first to engage in hospice medicine.
1: Oh, cool. And
0: practice death with dignity.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay, nice. So while many nurses or staff would simply ignore or avoid patients that were thought to be incurable.
1: Ugh.
0: Uh, for instance, one nurse recounted, quote, One poor fellow neglected by the orderlies because he was dying was very dirty, covered with wounds, and devoured by lice. <gasps> I pointed oh. this out to the orderlies whose only excuse was it's not worthwhile to clean him, he's not long for this world.
1: I mean just I guess was there <laughs> a religious aspect to not just killing people like that? Like um, Yeah, I don't know
0: I mean not, Euthanasia,
1: I yeah, don't know if that was even I mean, like a killing, but like
0: yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, I don't know. It seems more like a more humane
1: yeah. thing to do.
0: But uh maybe
1: there wasn't even a humane way to do that. Though. Yeah. I shoot them. Oh my
0: god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I
1: just yeah. Um
0: anyways. <laughs> so Florence made a point to still wash and care for those lost causes wow. and took nightly tours of the ward to close the eyes of recently deceased soldiers Aww. and to write letters to their families about their deaths and like send them wow. some of their stuff. And the image of her making the rounds at night With a Turkish lamp
1: is well known
0: and why she's referred to the lady with the lamp.
1: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah.
0: And I think it was like, there's a lot of things that were saying that the soldiers just seeing her walking around at night that she like cared and was checking to see who needed her was like a very novel thing and put them all at ease.
1: Yeah, of course. Like, can you imagine being eaten to death by lice and no one gives a shit about you? Like, you're you must just sit. (sighs) I Uh, (laughs) know. Like, like, I got researching. I was like, oh mind. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's bad.
0: Um, and during this time, she kept (laughs) she kept meticulous records of everything she did. So there's lots of lots of like things she published about her records. But this also let her go on to analyze data. Oh,
1: cool. From all of
0: these meticulous notes. So, at the time, Florence believed that these high death rates were due to poor nutrition, stale air, and uh, soldiers being overworked.
1: Okay.
0: Um, but she returned to Britain and began analyzing this data she had collected from Crimea to show that most of the soldiers actually had died uh, not from war wounds, but from preventable conditions such as fever, scurvy, cholera, diarrhea, and dysentery. yeah. That made it clear that hygiene was the main cause of death. Wow. And she's described as a true pioneer in the graphical representation of statistics.
1: (gasps) So she's a statistics lady. Wow, 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 wow.
0: And is credited for the development of the polar area diagram, also known as the Nightingale Rose diagram. I don't know what
1: that looks like. I'm going to show it to you. Okay. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah.
0: So. Where, like it's essentially it's like a, a circular chart. histogram. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah.
0: And so then you can show the like total number of mortality events yeah per month and also divide those by the causes of mortality for each. That's really cool. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, th- this is so we haven't talked about statistics
1: um Mm -hmm. that's we haven't talked about nursing at all no two other things there's a lot of um i do see a lot of lists with with like she was the first nurse Mm -hmm. here the first doctor here
0: yeah and i don't know if i would have done florence if she was a nurse exclusively yeah because i don't like i don't know where stem begins and i know it's being a doctor and i guess if you like maybe i would because she's contributed quite a to bit medical to like
1: knowledge yeah yeah that's um, i guess in some sense like a lot of those first nurses mm-hmm. and doctors did contribute to medicine mm-hmm.
0: in a they provided like, novel insights
1: and yeah stuff. they're not yeah. just
0: treating patients they're also coming up with like ways to new theories th- yeah, about yeah. like how things are transmitted yeah um but yeah so uh, her diagrams of mortality statistics remain models of elegant graphical depictions of hospital epidemiology.
1: Wow! Yeah, I feel like I still see those used a lot.
0: Yeah, and these findings
1: influenced her later
0: career, and co- as she continued to advocate for sanitary living conditions. Nice. All right, this I don't know how to fit in, but <laughs> okay. it's very adorable. Okay. We're gonna—we
1: need a little like adorable um, palette cleanser. Palette cleanser, mm-hmm. exactly. After the. The, the lice, yeah. Ugh.
0: <laughs> so while in, I have while in Athens. I guess she went to Athens. Well, while in <laughs> Athens, we just know she was in Athens, Greece. Yeah. I'm guessing in 1850, Florence saw some boys playing with a ball of fluff, <laughs> which turned oh. out to be a baby owl. Oh, she rescued the owlet, which she named Athena, oh. and hand reared her, carrying oh, her around wow. in her pocket.
1: What? <laughs> so cute. Such a bizarre story! <laughs> a ball of blood.
0: Um, Okay, but then apparently after Florence left for Crimea, the poor creature was neglected and died.
1: Oh! So she, okay. The <laughs> palette so uncleansed. Uh, yeah, it, it
0: was cleansed and un-cleansed. um The bird was later stuffed. I'm just verbatim reading this because it can't be improved
1: upon. That's insane. (laughs) It's like, I wonder if that's even, like, a real story. I know. I only saw it in one place, but I was like, I don't even care. I have to put this in. Like, why is that something? She must have written about it in a diary. Like, why are there notes on this? I don't know. Anywhere. Oh, there's a a painting
0: from her sister made a painting of her and her little owl. (laughs)
1: That she just decided to leave yeah. and not have someone else take care I don't of. Know. Yeah, <laughs> it's rough. That's sad. Um, but happy at
0: first. Yeah. So then she turned her attention to the health of the British <laughs> Army in India in the oh, 1850s. Okay. Cool. Here she identified conditions such as bad drainage and poor ventilation, which were responsible for the high death rate there. Okay. So she utilized what she learned from Crimea and applied it to India. Yeah. And she argued that the health of the Indian people and the health of the army went hand in hand and that what they had to do was improve the sanitary conditions of India as a whole, not just in oh. soldier camps yeah. or whatnot. And she went on to make a comprehensive study of sanitation in rural India and became the leading figure of improved medical care and public health in India.
1: Whoa. I didn't
0: know just, that. just like a side note. <laughs> <laughs> she was also considered a pioneer of medical tourism.
1: Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's going to another country. Like nowadays, Americans say we'll go to Mexico to get plastic surgery for way cheaper, or Costa Rica. Is that medical tour? Oh, I.
0: <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> this what's is the flip side. Medical she um went and like described types of medicine and like how they were treating people in different countries. So she toured places oh. and then would write
1: down how they're doing treatments. Oh, that's not... So, f- medical tourism, I know, is like getting drugs for cheaper, surgeries for cheaper.
0: <laughs> no, like, she didn't start that. Americans
1: going to Canada to huh. get surgery because yeah. our healthcare system mm-hmm. is so expensive. So, a different type of <laughs> medical tourism. That's interesting. I've never heard of... Yeah. 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 Uh... <laughs> I was like, really? Really? No. really? Like, she, how much plastic know. surgery did Florence get? <laughs> or like, what drugs existed? Yeah. Or She's unrecognizable yeah. <laughs> after
0: her trips.
1: Um, uh.
0: Then Florence received 45,000 pounds oh. from some Nightingale fund to set up the Florence Nightingale School of Nursery and Midwifery. Wait, at King's College London so
1: from her parents <laughs> No,
0: I think there was like um after the Crimean War, they made this like big fund that was called uh, like the florent the Nightingale Fund oh, and people oh. just donated to it because oh, they cool. she was like hot hot shit at that time actually okay yeah but like okay forty five thousand pounds six million dollars almost six 000, six million yeah. yeah, yeah, good job. Good job. okay, so she wrote notes on nursing. which became the backbone of curricula at nursing school, at like all nursing schools, including the one that she just founded. And it was actually designed as education for nursing at home and was generally read by the public as an introduction to nursing. And in the intro of the 1974 edition of notes on nursing, Joan Quixley of the nightingale school of nursing (laughs) wrote, The book was the first of its kind ever to be written. It appeared at a time when the simple rules of health were only beginning to be known, when its topics were of vital importance not only for the well-being and recovery of patients, when hospitals were riddled with infection, when nurses were still mainly regarded as ignorant, uneducated persons. Oh, my God. The book has, inevitably, its place in the history of nursing, for it was written by the founder of modern nursing. Wow. Now, this is just going to be kind of a like hodgepodge list of random things she's done because i can't organize it in a better fashion than that that's okay so one of nightingale's most notable achievements was the introduction of trained nurses to workhouses in britain
1: in the 1860s what's a workhouse
0: uh it's like a prison oh oh so before then you just had it's it's a prison for poor people like explicitly a prison for poor people
1: where they probably had to do, like, labor something. A lot or of labor, something. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if
0: you, like, can't pay, if you're homeless yeah. or you can't pay something, then they put you in a workhouse. Jeez. Yeah. It's great. Um, so, before, sick paupers would just care for the less sick paupers. <laughs> paupers. <what> they're called. <laughs> and she introduced properly trained nursing staff to help the sick in workhouses versus just having poor... Uneducated people
1: help, 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 do what they can, I guess. Oh my gosh. Um,
0: according to Carolyn Worthington, director of the Florence Nightingale Museum, quote, when she, Nightingale, started out, there was no such thing as nursing. The Dickens character, Sarah Gamp, who was more interested in drinking gin than looking after her patients, was only a mild exaggeration. Uh. Hospitals were places of last resort where the floors were laid with straw to soak up the blood. Oh, Florence transformed nursing. (laughs) We're going to need, like, a trigger warning for this episode. (laughs) Florence transformed nursing when she got back uh, from Crimea. She had access to people in high places, and she used it to get things done. Florence was stubborn, opinionated, and forthright, but she had to be those things in order to achieve all that she did. Wow. Yeah. And although some say that Florence denied germ theory, so, like, there's arguments that florence denied germ theory all her life um which is the idea that microorganisms cause disease yeah
1: Uh,
0: a recent 2008 biography actually argues that she did not believe what she didn't believe in was an earlier form of germ theory called contagion theory that argues that disease can only be passed by touch
1: oh and Um, well that explains the whole hygiene thing too yeah. yeah And indeed,
0: in a textbook she wrote in the 1880s, she even mentions precautions used to kill germs. So I don't really know what the argument is that says she didn't believe in germ theory.
1: Yeah, that's weird.
0: Anyways. People seem to have a lot of opinions about Florence Nightingale.
1: What did they think caused disease? Uh,
0: Miasma, which is bad air.
1: Uh, okay.
0: It went... Yeah, I think it was, like, miasma, bad air is the cause of disease. Then, what did I say, contagion? Where, like, it's t- t- disease is something that can be passed yeah, it by touching. Yeah, just wasn't,
1: they didn't know what the physical, mm-hmm. whatever it yeah. was. Okay.
0: Then, during the American Civil War, the Union government sought her advice, and her advice then inspired the United States Sanitary Commission, and she also taught the first- uh, she taught Linda Richards in the 1870s, who is the first American-trained nurse
1: okay.
0: uh, who came here and then established a bunch of high-quality yeah. nursing schools. She won a bunch of awards. I'm not going to get into it. Just so many yeah. awards. It's crazy. She was also elected as the first female member of the Royal Statistical Society, though. Nice. And was an honorary member of the American Statistical Society. <laughs> okay. She wrote 200 books, pamphlets, and articles wow. throughout her lifetime, and some of these were an important link in the study of English feminism.
1: Huh? <laughs> so. Important link. Okay.
0: Like, people can cite her as um, inspirations for, like, Wollstonecraft and uh, Wolf's future works. I see.
1: Like a bridge between one age of
0: feminism. Yeah, exactly. Okay. For
1: instance, the
0: best known of her essays called Cassandra protested that over-feminization of women uh, into near helplessness, such as her mother and sisters, was like a bad thing. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, She also feared, personally, that her ideas would be ineffective or unheard, just like Cassandra, and Cassandra was the princess of Troy who was given the gift of prophecy By the god Apollo. Okay.
1: Um,
0: But then he'd put moves on her, and she rejected (laughs) him, and so he cursed her such that none of her prophecies would be heeded.
1: Oh, interesting. And so that's
0: why the thing is called Cassandra, because she she worries that her ideas in nursing are going to be ineffective or not listened to.
1: Like, because she's a woman? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a curse put upon her. Yeah. That's really interesting. Her, it's,
0: I mean, I didn't delve into this because I just, like, couldn't. Yeah, that's okay. But... I think it's very interesting. She's considered like a big feminist, but she also hates women. Hates women. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a weird, like, she, a lot of the stuff seems like she hates women. It's probably she hates <clears throat> the rules that have been yeah. put in place and which force women to be this certain way. Yeah. But yeah, it's I a. I mean,
1: she, that's sort of a long standing part mm-hmm. of like feminism too it's like so lots of types of feminism a lot of people who are still just like oh i'm not a girl's girl which is just like you can't be a feminist and Mm -hmm. say that Mm -hmm. like it's not you don't have to like everybody but you can't say i don't like women and then say i'm a feminist in the next sentence or something um
0: okay in 1912 this was after her death she died in 1910 i think The International Committee of the Red Cross instituted the Florence Nightingale Medal, which is the highest international distinction a nurse can achieve. Yeah. And it's for nurses that, quote, uh, have exceptional courage and devotion to the wounded, sick, or disabled, or to civilian victims of conflict or disaster, Mm -hmm. or to exemplary services or creative and pioneering spirit in the areas of public health or nursing education. Wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. During the Vietnam War, she, like, had a resurgence. People, like, got really interested in Florence Nightingale,
1: and she's dead, oh, long okay. dead. I was like, wait a second.
0: <laughs> <laughs> long dead, but um, okay. she had her admirers, such as Country Joe. Do you know who Country <laughs> no. Joe is? Of Country Joe and the Fish. No, that does not make it more clear. Uh, Country which Joe. was an American psychedelic band, um, and they oh. assembled an extensive website in her honor.
1: That's so random. <laughs> Wait,
0: I have to play country, Joe. Okay.
1: Yeah, come on, all of you big, strong man. Uncle Sam, need your help again. He's gonna... Did they have a lot of influence? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't
0: think so. They have one song over a million views. What's that song called? The Fish Cheer. I feel <laughs> like I'm fixing to die. Rag.
1: Oh my gosh. I wonder, I'll have to ask my parents if they've ever heard of them.
0: Um, okay.
1: I'm almost done.
0: So, Florence Nightingale's image. Where did you find that information? <laughs> I don't know. It just, it was such a rabbit hole. So much weird things. The weird owl, the, the erotic pina. literature. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Um, okay. Florence Nightingale's image appears on. The 10-pound banknote. Okay. Up until, like, 1994, from, like, 1975 to 1994. And she was also depicted in a field hospital holding her, like, lamp. Yeah. Um, And prior to 2002, she was the only female whose image was on a British paper currency besides, like, monarchs. Wow. Finally, the U.S. Navy ship USS Florence Nightingale was commissioned in 1942. So we got the Grace Hopper and we got the Florence Nightingale. Oh, nice. We're going to get all of the female scientist U.S. Navy ships at some point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's easy. Easy. (laughs) It's probably as easy. That's probably... We're almost done. are a lot of ships or... There's a lot, of, There's, I mean, there's a lot of ships, but I don't think there are a lot of them named after women uh-huh. scientists. Uh-huh. So that's the story of Florence Nightingale, oh. renowned for her modern uh, nursing, statistical visualizations, and yeah. uh, owl husbandry. <laughs>
1: renowned. Renowned owl husbandry. I mean, she should not be renowned for owl husbandry when she abandoned <laughs> poor Athena in England. Oh, poor Athena. <laughs> I wonder if she asked someone to take care of Athena and then, like, they were like, I'm not going to take care of an owl.
0: (laughs) Or how I killed, I was supposed to take care of a salamander and I killed it. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. So that's,
1: that's the story. (laughs) Oh, that's that's great. What a wild ride. Yeah. You know, sometimes with these women from the 1800s, they feel a little bit, I can't tell if their lives were actually more... Mythical or like magical, uh-huh. or if their stories have just been kind of exaggerated, like their personalities yeah. have been exaggerated over many years, and it's harder to find like factual things about them. Or you yeah, know, there were like, so many
0: opinions, like super strong opinions about yeah. her. There was the amount of things that talked about her like virginity status. I was like, uh, why? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, that's, and that's like weird. Um, or like her personality, there's so many differing opinions. Yeah, that I was just like, is this just getting sucked into some like mythos?
1: Yeah, yeah. But she is sort of. I mean, she's been used in a lot of story. Like, I feel like she symbolizes yeah. something. Yeah, she's has taken on a, a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah.
0: there was a lot on her. I tried to condense. I tried yeah. to. Do I what know I could. that
1: was good. That sounded pretty factual to me. Thanks. (laughs) Not that I would know. You could have made it all up. I'm not going to double check anything. (laughs) That's true.
0: (laughs) I'll provide my sources. (laughs) Hey, Stacey, you know what really chafes my nipples? What's that, Tabitha? There just aren't enough women in history. Well, they were there. What happened to them? I think their
1: vaginas made them invisible. (laughs) Join us for Unsung Sluts Podcast, our irreverent take on great women that you should have learned about but didn't find us wherever you get your podcasting fix.
0: Work, work, work,
1: work, work. Okay, welcome to our women who work segment where we talk about women making history today. Uh, yeah, this day and age. We give shout outs to them. <laughs> this day and age. <laughs> Why did I have to like qualify that? <laughs> Not today, just this day and age. <laughs> uh, okay, so. I actually wanted to start a new segment, Ooh. but I couldn't find a good sound. Sa- the oh. sound clip I wanted okay. and creative commons. Okay, but I wanted to start a segment called uh, "Girls We Run the World" about girls making. Oh, like um, it's like part Young- of women who work, but it's like they're younger because you know Beyonce's Ooh. song, uh-huh. like "Girls We Run the World," girls. girls yeah, we-, but I couldn't find a creative commons license for that um i also who, thought girls who get it yeah i was gonna do a, a remix of girls just want to have fun i was gonna do girls just want to do science but i also <laughs> just didn't have time to like
0: <laughs> but oh, yeah. maybe
1: maybe we can get that tomorrow in. i can yeah, yeah. find something so this may or may not be our new <laughs> our new sub segment love it girls who run the world or girls who want to do science mm-hmm. yeah okay We'll see. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. excited. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Back at it. So, the shout out this week. I don't know what's wrong with me. So the shout out then that I want to give goes to a 60 year old student from Sweden oh my. named Greta Thunberg, and Ooh. she is. Basically, okay, so yesterday, March 15th, 2019. Oh, yes. Students around the world skipped school for the global climate strike, Mm -hmm. um, which is a protest against political inaction in regards to slowing down climate change. Yeah. Um, So there are over 2,000 different strikes in 123 countries where like hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of students um basically yeah protested against climate change and mo- i mean they not- they can't protest yeah. in- <laughs> i you <know laughs> protest I against mean, right? climate change in action yeah yeah, yeah yeah there you go i couldn't think of like a- good <laughs> damn it climate change <laughs> stop stop it yeah yeah okay so and this whole movement was started by one person uh greta Th- greta thunberg it's crazy professor. yeah so Greta is a six-year-old student from Sweden. Six-year-old, sixteen. Oh, okay, <laughs> just a baby. A sixteen <laughs> girl. That's gonna be
0: our another section: babies who are sixty. I thought you said six.
1: Oh, babies yeah. who, babies who ball. Babies who ball. <laughs> yes. Yes. <Okay. laughs> um. Okay, so last August, um, Greta began striking alone in front of the Swedish Parliament. So every Friday, she would skip school to strike, holding up a sign that said uh, "School Strike, School Strike for Klimatet" in Swedish, you did which good. means "School Strike for Climate." Nice. <laughs> um, like many people, she is worried about the future of the planet and appalled at the lack of action taken by politicians to limit greenhouse gas emissions, Mm -hmm. which is totally doable. She says that because of her Asperger's, when she first learned of climate change, she could not let the thought of humanity's destruction of our planet go, and she would ruminate on the thoughts of climate change um, to the point of becoming very depressed. Mm -mm. But after finally you know, after a few months of feeling just constantly worried about climate change, um, she talked to her parents about why she was feeling so hopeless and depressed and realized that something that helped her feel better was trying to persuade others to change their daily lives and um, reduce their own, change their lifestyles to reduce their own emissions. Mm -hmm. So she thought like, she was like, Oh, you know, taking action against this helps me feel way better. So she joined a group that wanted to raise awareness about climate change, um, but that group, I guess, couldn't decide exactly what to do to raise awareness, or maybe she just wasn't into, like, whatever they were doing at the time, Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. Um, So after a record heat wave in Europe last summer and forest fires that destroyed large parts of Sweden – um, Greta decided to go on strike. Mm-hmm. And so on August 20th, 2018, she went to the Swedish parliament alone and sat outside from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. with her sign on a school day. In um, the next week, some a few people joined her, and every week it grew and grew. So she's been striking every Friday, like skipping school to strike in front of the Swedish parliament. And it just like grew into this huge thing. Um, Her plan was to strike every day until the national elections in Sweden. That was her original plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then she was invited to give a big speech at a climate rally in Sweden and found that she just kind of flourished doing that, um, which she hadn't expected Mm -hmm. because she normally doesn't like interacting with other people very much. Um, and she's since been invited to meet with a lot of, with many different like world leaders and inspired other strikes like, um, throughout the world, all sort of culminating in this massive strike yesterday where, you know, 200 different countries had strikes, which is so crazy. Um, she won't fly anywhere because it's bad for the mm. environment. And she's convinced her parents to stop flying mm. and become vegetarians and like all these cute things. And she has been lauded especially for her bluntness and meetings with different world leaders saying things like, I don't want you to be hopeful. I want you to panic. I want you to feel the fear I feel every day. And then I want you to act. Mm. So she's just, like, using these very real emotions yeah. to scare people, which somehow, you know, people just haven't, I think, realized the impact of climate change on our own lifetimes. Yeah. Until recently. And so I think that's it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she represents her generation's fear about their futures very yeah. well. So. And she's been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. She, <laughs> and she gets it. It's amazing. I like I don't know. I don't I think someone must have done like a spotlight on her yeah. in these yeah. I don't really know how it grew so, so crazy, big, but it did. Yeah. Can you imagine like
0: being sixteen? I was terrible at sixteen.
1: Yeah, I think what did I do when I was sixteen? I think I just stayed up late a lot, played a lot of Sims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I killed a lot of Sims. (laughs) Yeah. You put them in a pool and Uh then took the ladder out of the pool. Yeah,
0: we spent like eight hours making a graveyard of 200 Sims (laughs) one day.
1: So she's doing a lot (laughs) While we were busy using energy. Yeah, exactly. Probably (laughs) oil-powered. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, she's inspired this like huge... Um, student strike around yeah that's, that's crazy that's awesome so she's my girl who runs the world <laughs>
0: um so i guess that's our episode yeah <laughs> um if you like this episode please rate review subscribe. subscribe it
1: helps so much we read them all we love them yeah we
0: treasure your reviews we read
1: the ones that have been there for the last year yeah, exactly just over and over we
0: just again. <laughs> Waiting for new ones <laughs> um, And thanks for Caitlin Friesen For the awesome art And yeah. Artichoke For the awesome music And Go, go stimulate, stimulate yourself, yourself. By circa 1820 She
1: ran a fossil